Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good morning, morning, morning. Yes, absolutely. So we're excited to have everyone here this morning. I'm going to echo what Pastor Muta said. Whether this is your first time here or your hundredth time, we just want to say welcome home. And Pastor Muta is full of all kinds of surprises this morning, huh? Up here singing with the worship team. Exciting. I'm not the only male vocalist in here. If anyone else, any other males can sing, we'd love to have you up here joining us. Get with Christine after service. We'd love to have you up here. So, hey, um, my name is Derek. I'm a servant here at Relevant Church. Um, and Some of y'all are new here. Y'all might not know me so well. So I'm going to give y'all a little introduction, a little uh, background on myself. Uh, just a couple of little hobbies that me and my wife like to do. I'm married. My wife, Kim, is upstairs with three kids. She's doing a great job up there. We have two boys up in three kids and then another child on the way. Don't know. Yes, yeah, we're excited about that. Yes, yeah, so it's new to us, but uh, we're very excited uh, about that. But something about our family is that we love to travel. And so any given weekend, we might take off to Chicago or Indy or even further. Last summer, we went to Milwaukee, uh, went to the Wisconsin Dells, had fun there. Um, but my wife, when we do these trips, she likes to play games. And typically, I'm a competitive person. I like to play games, too. These are the kind of games that I can't win at. So a lot of y'all guys may know what I'm talking about with some of these games. And they always start out innocent. And it's things like, um, if you were given the choice and you could only eat turkey sandwiches or ham sandwiches for the rest of your life, which would you choose? And the answer is obviously turkey. I mean, everyone knows that, right? Easy, right? So very innocent, um, but it always turns into something that I know is going to start a fight. Every time. And it turns into something like this. And this might seem innocent to some of y'all, but it's not. All right. It'll be things like, all right, which would you rather eat, mayonnaise or tuna fish? And if you know me, I'm not eating either one of those. Like that, those are my, two of my least favorite things to eat. And so I'll tell her, I would rather not eat either of those. And she says, but you, what if you had to choose? I'd say, what kind of like... Uh, democracy is this where I have to eat I have to choose between one of these two and she's like just like what if what if someone put a gun to your head and said you have to eat one of these and I said listen I'm a marine I would disarm them put them on the ground and save America from whatever crazy terrorist this was that makes you choose between eating mayonnaise or, or... <laughs> and of course that answer doesn't make her happy oh come on Derek you have to play this game you have, to, like, you have to give me a decision. And so anyways, I, I don't give her an answer. She gets mad at me, and then she goes to sleep, and she sleeps for the rest of the trip, which, yeah. So um, back this past Thanksgiving, we went and visited some friends um, over Thanksgiving in Baltimore. And that's a long drive, and so there's plenty of time to play those games. And so she introduces a new game on us, and we're talking about her dad. And she says... How would you describe my dad to someone who's never met him before? And so, if you know Kim's dad, he, he's something special. Uh, I love the guy. He's a, he's a great guy. I have great in-laws. I'm blessed to have the in-laws that I have. But, I mean, he is... Anybody watch that 70s show? You know, Red Foreman? That is her dad. If he's not complaining, he's not happy. And he's always complaining about something... Um, he's, he's always got the right answer for this. He was a Vietnam veteran, uh, Marine as well, Ura. 
Um, and so he just always has the right answer, and you better do it his way, and everyone else is doing everything wrong because it's not his way. And, and so I describe him. You know, I talk about his personal appearance. He's a little shorter than me. He's an older gentleman, um, chief of police for his hometown for 175 years. Um, but he's also like this nicest guy. Even though he's real gruff, he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And if you need the, uh, his shirt, he'll give you the shirt off his back to take care of you. Now, he'll tell you you're wearing it wrong, but you, he'll give it to you. And so I gave a pretty good answer. I was pretty satisfied with myself. But then you know what the next question that came out of her mouth was. How would you describe me? Whew, okay, now I'm starting to sweat bullets. But uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty smooth. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty Rico Suave type guy, right? So, you know, I start quoting scripture. I'm quoting Proverbs 31 and talking about her. I'm talking about how beautiful she is. I'm talking about how good of a cook she is, how sweet she is. Like uh, spitting out some like straight 90s R&B lyrics to her. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm feeling good about myself. Yes, I'm nailing this. And I, I finish. She's like, oh, that's sweet. You know, that's, that's very nice. Um, I, you know, thank you for all those things. And so I'm like, all right, let's pad my ego a little bit. Yeah. How would you describe me to someone that hasn't met me? She goes, well, this is real romantic. I remember exactly what she said. She said, well, <clears throat> I would, uh, sorry, I would probably say you're not bothered by clutter. And that's it. That's all she said. <laughs> you're not bothered by clutter. And so I was like, well, I hope I don't ever go missing because, like, the police are going to come talk to you and, and be like, well, can you describe Derek? Well, he's not bothered by clutter. Oh, uh, we'll find him. We, we, uh, yeah. uh, if you're ever introducing some, if I'm over at Top Heavy and you know I'm over there and you're telling somebody to go meet me, please don't say, yeah, you'll find him. He's not bothered by clutter. Like, and if they do find me, I'll be a little embarrassed. Um, but it really got me to thinking, like, we are so tied up by our identities and, and what people describe us by whether that's our, our job or a title that we have. Um, I mean, it, it could be that, you know, you're an entrepreneur. Um, it, it could be that uh, you, you own your own business and, and fabricate cars. Maybe it's a pastor uh, or pastor slash worship leader, one of those things. Um, but we're tied up in a lot of those identities. Um, and maybe it's a hobby that we're tied up in, whether it's YouTube, that we're, we know this celebrity on YouTube, um, and, and things like that. We're always tied up into these identities. Um, and, and Jesus had a little something to say about this in Matthew 16. And you'll see why Kim's more Christ-like than me because she asked one of the same questions that Jesus asked. So if you'll turn with me to Matthew 16, uh, we'll start in verse 13 through 18. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. Our house crew will bring you a Bible. All right. So we're in Matthew chapter 16. I think it's page 533 in the Bibles that they're handing out. Matthew chapter 16, 13 through 18. If you got it, say, I got it. If you need a second, say, hold up. I heard one quiet, hold up. All right, so uh, I'm going to start reading here. Uh, Matthew 16, 13 through 18. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. So let's pray. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and just thank you for bringing us here together, Lord. Um, and we just thank you for uh, just allowing us to have fun and allowing us to worship you um, and allowing us to serve you, Lord. Um, Lord, today I ask that you just speak through me and just um, don't let me or anything that, that I say get in the way, Lord, um, but just allow your words to be heard um, and just speak to all of us today, Lord. We love you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so a little background on this. Uh, if you start in the beginning of Matthew 16, you see that the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders of that day, were sort of challenging Jesus, um, you know, trying to question him. And all through the Gospels, you're going to read this, where these religious leaders are questioning Jesus and trying to, to trip him up, trying to, um, to, to, to make him falter in, in what he's saying, um, to disprove his, um, his authority. Um, but uh, what we see here is that Jesus has sort of gotten away with his disciples, and, and he, he's just talking to them. He's like, hey, who do, who do people say that I am? And they give him an answer. And then he wants to know, who do you say that I am? So it's the same question that Kim asked me. Who, like, who am I? What, what, how would you describe me to people? Um, and so one thing I want to point out here, uh, calling this sermon identity crisis, Jesus wasn't having an identity crisis here. He wasn't coming to them, asking them so that he could figure out who he was and, and try to work this out in his mind. It wasn't his identity crisis. So I want to make sure that we, we all understand that. Um, but we're going to start with uh, verses 13 and 14. Uh, it says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Um, and they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So when the disciples are scribing this to Jesus, they're not talking about enemies of Jesus, really. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of people that said Jesus was of the devil and that he was doing terrible things. Um, these are people that are, are saying, hey, Jesus isn't really that bad of a dude. Uh, he's just a dude, but he's not that bad of a guy. And this was a very common belief in the Old Testament, that before the Messiah came, that some of these Old Testament heroes were going to come back and, and sort of pave the way for him. And even in this, they mentioned John the Baptist. John the Baptist came as a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies to say, hey, the Messiah is coming. Um, and you see other people describing Jesus this way in other uh, parts of the Gospels. When Herod's talking uh, about Jesus, um, someone describes him as saying, hey, he might be John the Baptist. And Herod's like, he's not John the Baptist. I cut John the Baptist's head off. It's not like, I know he's not John the Baptist. But we see all through the scripture that, that people have described Jesus this way. And like I said, these are not the enemies of God. Like, they, they mean well by what they're saying. They're not trying to uh, disprove some of the things that he says. But the first point I want us to understand today is that our de declarations should match our perceptions. So, um, in this, these religious, these people that they're talking about have, have a good mind of what Jesus is, but they're not right. Um, and so we need to make sure that what we're doing, that what, what we're serving for matches what we, we believe. Um, I mean, you can sit in worship services every Sunday. That doesn't mean that you're making the right declaration. You can serve every Sunday, but it doesn't mean that you're making the right declaration. Um, a personal example of this. I started serving in the church when I was probably 13 or 14. L way little, I don't know. 
uh, assistant song leader. So I hope there was a songbook calling out numbers, directing people. It didn't bounce around like we do up here. But, you know, uh, uh, I, I, that's where I started my, my little two-step that everyone makes fun of me for. But, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, from there, I went on and started teaching the teenage Sunday school class while I was still a teenager. Um, and I was doing a good work. I was trying to live out the gospel. But a lot of times that got really familiar to me, and so I didn't put in the effort that I, that I should have. Where I, I had made the de- declaration of who Jesus was, I wasn't living like he was that, that person. Um, it's very easy for us to get up here and sing the same songs over and over each week and to not think about what they mean. We've got to make sure that what we're declaring in our hearts reflects how we're living our lives. Right. Um, and so even some of you might have been dragged to church this morning. Uh, and I mean, that's great. I'm glad you're here. And there's a reason you were dragged to church this morning. But um, we need to make sure that our, our uh, heart matches what we're, what we're living out. Um, point number two uh, is our de- declaration should match God's truth. Um, so Matthew 16, 15, and 16 says, He said to them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So this is in direct opposition of what the other people were saying. He was either the son of God or he's one of these prophets. He can't be both. Um, C.S. Lewis said something about this. He said, a man who was merely a man and said the sorts of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or he would be the devil of hell. You must take your choice. Either this was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He was not left that open to us. Um. So what C.S. Lewis is saying here is the exact same thing that, that um, Peter says. You can't be just some prophet. You can't be one of these prophets from the Old Testament reincarnated and be God. I mean, Jesus said a lot of things about, his, um, uh, about him being, being Lord. Uh, in John fourteen sixteen, he says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So Jesus can't say, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. I'm the only way to get to the father unless he is actually of some divine spirit, if he is actually God. Um, And so that's one of the things that we we need to realize here, that he can't be both to us. Um, So uh, in this, there's a couple things I want to point out. One is, Jesus asked, who do people say that the Son of Man is? So, Son of Man, like, that's easy to, like, wonder, what is Son of Man? Am, am I Son of Man? I mean, my dad's here. He's in the flesh. He's a man. I'm his son. I'm a, a son of man, right? Um, but what Jesus is coming from, back when he asked this question, and this is probably Jesus' favorite thing to call himself, was Son of Man. It comes back from Daniel chapter 7. So, this uh, phrase sort of talks about, Jesus' uh, humanity, but it's also describing his deity. In Daniel 7, uh, Daniel has a dream, and he describes someone that's like the Son of Man, that's this um, God figure in heaven. Um, And so that's what Jesus is declaring to himself. But you notice Peter here, 
calls him the son of God. Um, and so really, there's not a big difference between those two. They're both declaring his deity. Jesus just went a little further to say, hey, I'm also a man here too with y'all, uh, two in one. But also we need to point out that this is the first such declaration of a confession of Jesus as a Messiah. So Peter is saying that, hey, I'm here. I, I've seen you. I've seen what you've been doing. I've seen the miracles you performed. I see how you handle these religious leaders. But I can see in that that you are more than just a prophet, that you are the son of God. So um, our declaration should match God's truth. Um, that is, that's point number two. Our declaration should match God's truth. So we need to make sure that whatever it is that we're saying is reflecting of what God's taught us in, through the scripture and, and what Jesus has taught us in, in, the, in the scripture. Um, just like what Peter saw um, as he, he lived his life uh, next to, to Jesus. Um, <clears throat> so moving on to Matthew 16, 17, and 18. Uh, and Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Um, so point number three, our declaration reveals who we are in him. So before this time, uh, we always hear about Peter and about how great of a godly man Peter was. But before this time, Peter was known as Simon. Um, but because he made this declaration, Jesus says, hey, you are blessed. Um, I'm going to give you a new identity in me. So when we make this declaration of who God is, God is going to give us a new identity. He's going he's to proclaim something in us. He's, um, he's going to bless you through this. He says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Um, so he is going to bless you when you make this declaration. But I want to be quick to point out that this declaration wasn't something that, that Peter just sort of realized, that he was just like, hey, you know what? Maybe you are. Um, this is something, it says, uh, it says, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So something we all need to realize, um, I think last week Muta said, one of the things we need to realize is that I matter. And we matter because God's revealed himself to us. God chose each and every one of us to be here. Talking about the people that might have got drug in this morning. God chose you to be here this morning for a reason. Um, God had a, a special word for you. It, it may not come from me. It might have come from the worship. It may come from the person that just told you welcome home this morning or the smile on someone's face. But there's a reason God has you here this morning. And he wants to reveal himself to you. So... Um, Point three was our declaration reveals who we are in him. Um, so God chose each one of us. Something else to point out here is I've always read this scripture completely wrong. Like growing up, like this is something that studying this week that God pointed out to me. And then as I started reading further, that, that God really revealed to me is that when I read this and I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. One of the things that I've always read this is Peter. Peter is, comes from the Greek Petros, which means rock. And so I've always read this as, Peter, you're my rock. I'm going to build my church on you. But that's not really what he's saying here. 
if you read this in the actual Greek, Greek, excuse me, he says, and I tell you, you are Petros, and on this Petros, I will build my church. So Petros and Petros were two completely different words in the Greek. Petros means a piece of rock or a little rock, something like that. Petros is a big rock, a cliff, um, something that's going to be very stable. So what God wasn't telling Peter, he wasn't saying, hey, Peter, you're the foundation of my church. I'm going to build my church right on you. Um, what, and what I want us to learn from that is that Peter was, he was just a dude like any of us. Peter failed. It, wasn't, it was a, maybe a week after this that Jesus was crucified and that after Jesus was crucified, Peter comes, people come up to Peter, hey, weren't you the guy that was walking around with Jesus? It wasn't me. Not me. They, not only, he did that three times and cussed some people out. He's ready to throw, throw punches. Um, so this same guy that right now, God's saying, hey, you're a rock, um, is the same guy that's going to fail later. If you're trying to build a church on me, or if you're trying to build a church on Pastor Mutter or Pastor Christine, uh, <laughs> if you're trying to build a church on, on them, I, I promise you, we are going to fail you. We cannot be the foundation for, for what, what you're doing. If you're, you're trying to build your foundation on your, your husband or wife that drug you to church or your parents who are, are here with you every day and, and made you sit with them in service and kept nudging you so you didn't fall asleep, if you're building your foundation on them, it's not going to cut it because that person is ultimately going to fail you. What he's saying is he's building his church on this bigger rock, which is this declaration that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah. Um, and, and so that was just something that was really revealed to me this week, and that uh, it just I, I, it never came out until until I started reading this week um, that that Peter's not the rock, but the declaration that Christ is Christ, that He is the Messiah. That is what He's building His church on. Um, point number four, uh, it's our last point: uh, our declaration inspires action. We're sticking in Matthew sixteen to eighteen. He says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Um, every week we're, we're coming to serve. Um, we're, Peter's made this declaration that Jesus is Christ. He goes on, he, he, he has his mess up, but he goes on to, to lead the church. He goes on to, to, to do great things and to bring people to Christ. Um, so my question for you in this is, what are you doing to help others make that declaration? How, how are you um, discipling those that you're around, whether it's the people that you work with, the people at school? Um, Matthew eight thirty four through 37, uh, it says, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake, will, gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his own soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? Jesus doesn't just want us on Sunday mornings. He wants every bit of us. Um, so whether it is that when you're at work, you need to be uh, talking to, to those people around you, living your life so that they see that you don't just think Jesus is a man, but you think that he is the Messiah, that he came to, to be the Savior. 
Um, he wants every bit of us. Um, every week, there are opportunities here at church to help lead people to get to those spots. Um, we have tons of opportunities. That's why John Connors out there this morning in the parking lot. It, it's cold out there. Wind's blowing a little bit. He's sitting upstairs providing security so that you can feel comfortable sitting down here with your kids up there learning about Jesus up there. Um, we got the, the sound and screen crew back there doing a great job. I really appreciate everything that they're doing. But, I mean, they're providing a distraction-free environment. Uh, music sounds great. The worship sounds great because of what they're doing. They put the words up on the screen so that you know what to You don't just have to hum along. You, you know what's there and that you can really feel those words and, and not just not just um, make something up, it, but you know what we're, we're singing. Uh, we have the cafe. Uh, had a team effort today on the cafe providing that coffee just so that, that you're comfortable here in the church. We have somebody that comes in and straightens the seats. We have people that are handing out pens so that you can take notes, that, that you can be discipled. So there are opportunities for you too to help make a difference and help people make that declaration by serving here in church. But it can't just be a Sunday morning effort. Um, there's other opportunities that you have. And, and maybe you say, I don't know how to, to disciple someone. I don't know how to, to talk to people about Jesus. We've got a great opportunities for you to, to learn about that today in Growth Track. It's the second class of Growth Track this week. You're going to learn a little bit more about the Bible and, and studying and prayer and those sorts of things. Stick around for Growth Track. There's snacks. You don't even have to go grab a bite to eat. There's snacks back there. There's water. You can stick around and you can learn more about those things. Throughout the week, we have regroups. Regroups is an awesome time to build community um, and, and just to learn from each other about how we can we can develop and, and grow and, and learn to disciple each other together. And it's a great opportunity to meet good Christian people that can help walk alongside you and help teach you how to do those things. Um, and, and for some of y'all, you might say, well, I, still, I just don't know what to say. You can look all through the scripture. You see the woman at the well. Jesus came and offered her the living water. She accepted. That's all she knew. And she went back to their town and she told everybody, she said, hey, I, don't, I'm, I might not know much, but I know that this guy changed my life. That, and she made this declaration that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah. So it doesn't take much for us to take that next effort. It just takes us stepping out in faith um, and, and, and making this change. Now, some of you may have not made this declaration um, to, to say that Jesus is my Savior, Jesus is Christ. But today is an opportunity for you to do that. Um, for you, for you to, to boldly step forward and say, hey, I want to make this declaration. I'm tired of having this identity crisis in me that I, I want a new identity in Christ and I want Christ to flow through me to others. Um, and if that's you today, we're, we're going to say a quick prayer here in a little bit. And, and I just want you to pray that prayer with me. Um, Lord, we love you. Thank you for revealing this to me. And just thank you for being the Christ and, and Messiah that, that I need in my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for, for loving me. And I just want you to give me a new identity in you today. Lord, I love you. Forgive me of my sins. In your name I pray.